right, welcome back to another episode of Other Duties as Assigned. We have a special guest, a friend of mine, fellow app grad. We have Josh Thompson, who is currently the director of football operations at Louisville. Am I saying that correctly? I know there's... You got that correct. Good job. There's a very specific way that those people from, you know, Louisville like it to be said. That's correct. Anybody who says Louisville is just weird, apparently. Um, (laughs) But no, we have Josh here, and we want to talk a little bit about his journey because, you know, Josh, just like Scott and I, started as a student manager and worked his way up through the equipment world and has now kind of transitioned into a role where you don't see people transition very often from equipment to director of operations. So, Josh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your your journey through this and kind of what got you started in equipment and how you got to where you are now. You know, my you know, I think everybody has an interesting path and in how they try where they get and when it comes to athletics, I don't think anybody ever really wakes up one day and says, hey, I want to be an equipment manager for the rest of my life. And, you know, nope. so I, I helped out a little bit in high school, and then I got the chance to go, you know, went to App and did it for four years. Uh, actually, my senior year at App, we're going to – I'm actually interning with the San Francisco 49ers, and our head equipment guy left to go work for Rydell. Uh, and Coach Moore calls me and goes, hey, I need you to come back. Uh, don't worry about your internship. Uh, I need you to come help run the equipment room for the rest of the year. And I was like, all right, I'm coming back. So I get back, and then I uh, walk in to get ready to start, and then that's when I met our boy John Welch. And, hey, you and John Welch are going to run the equipment room this next this year. And, uh, John, Josh knows what we got to get done. You know, just help, and we'll get this going on. And which, by the way, this is the year of 9-11. So, you know, the world has changed a lot since that time. I mean, I remember that year. I mean, I was in the equipment room when 9-11 hit that year, trying to finish up school and everything like that. Worried about try- how did we're going to go to Troy because uh, we were playing Troy that weekend and we were supposed to drive down there. So that you know, that was a neat atmosphere, uh, part of it. Uh, so then obviously after 2002, I graduated. I did high school. Worked in high school athletics for two years. Uh, God bless the people who work in high school athletics. After two years, I was really quick. I was like, you know, I got to get out of this. I got to go somewhere else. My uh, now wife, uh, Lindsay, was really on me. She wanted me to go back to grad school. And I'm literally talking to her one day when complaining about, you know, dealing with parents and everything else at the high school level. I said, fine then. Troy has a GA position. I'm going to apply for it. And when they when I get it, we're moving to Troy, Alabama. <laughs> Two weeks later, I've got the job at Troy, and we're going in January. We started. I started at Troy. I GA there for two years. Uh, actually, got married during that time. Uh, funny story on that whole deal is, is at our wedding reception. The last song of the reception was "Sweet Home Alabama." Well, you know everybody's supposed to be dancing and celebrating because it's the last song of the night. No. My wife's over. She's crying because we're moving to we're moving to Troy, Alabama. But <laughs> you know, we worked through it all. It was a great time. I mean, you meet a lot of people along the way. I mean, my wife would probably shoot me if I ever said this, but Troy is a unique town. <laughs> it's a lot like it's the small college towns are always unique. Obviously, y'all both know from being your times in Statesboro and Boone and even Richmond. You know, it's different than the big city. And so you learn to depend on people and who all you work with on that time. So it was really interesting there, you know, spent two years there um, and go from there. I really tell people, listen, they hand out masters at the 7-Eleven. 
You know, <laughs> you, I mean, I about that's how I finished mine. I mean, I finished mine as I got a job at Texas State to be their head equipment guy. Uh, I went to Texas State and San Marcos, which for the record, Pat, if you've never been there or y'all never been, you got to go. There's some San Marcos and Green. Uh, you got to go to New Braunfels or the Green Hall and everything like that. It's unreal. It's a great place to be. I mean, it's really a hidden gem in between Austin and uh, San Antonio. Uh, you know, it's real neat area. Uh, obviously, while we were we were there for two years, had a fun. I mean, got a trip to another trip to Montana, which God bless the University of Missoula. I mean, University of Montana, Missoula, Montana. Nobody, you know, it's not a fun trip. But no, I don't, it's uh, not. whoever's been there, any equipment manager in the FCS has traveled to Missoula knows it's not a lot of fun, but it's an awesome environment because they do take their football very serious. Um, and then, obviously, after two years there, uh, Coach Jerry Moore called and said, uh, I want you to come home. I said, all right, let's go. I didn't even ask how much money I was making or anything. I just literally told my wife, said, we're going. And, you know, obviously, we spent almost 10 years there. Uh, my first year, I had three student managers. I, well, truthfully, I had four student managers, one from day to day. We never knew if Andy was going to show up. <laughs> I had Pat. I had uh, Andrew, and I had Seth. So truthfully, we had we had two. We had two. At the end of the day, we had two that could, would get stuff done. Um, you know, and, it, and we worked, and we had a lot of fun. I mean, I still remember like I'm telling Pat how we're going to ha- how we're going to do gloves and all this other stuff, and Pat's like, "That's not going to work. They're not going to like your idea." I said, "Yeah, they will. They'll get to understand the process." And it was, you know, it was just neat growing it. I mean, it was different because. Before I got there, Pat and Andrew more or less ran the show and told everybody what to do because John was dealing with other stuff. Well, here comes a guy who's going to say, all right, no, we're doing it this way. And, you know, we had our butt, we butted heads, but we also talked it out. We had a lot of fun, I mean, along the way. Uh, that year, we, hey, did we play three playoff games on the road? We went to, I remember going to Richmond. Was it, What year, was that 2008? Yeah, your senior year. Oh, that was 2009. So, yeah, we were. Yeah, so we went to Richmond. We were. And then, I mean, we finished at Montana. So that was at least two. I can't remember if we were at home for one of them. We played South Carolina State at home with the botched foot field goal. Yeah. Yep. AJ McDuffie. We used to stand there talking about cleanup the next day. And then AJ McDuffie uh, scooped and, you know, that field goal, the botched field goal attempt. Yeah. Uh, and then it just went from there. I mean, just growing and spending, you know, many times. Obviously, it was it was awesome getting to app and opening that new facility. I mean, seeing what was done there and seeing how you would do things differently. I mean, it's it's been interesting. And then, obviously, things happen with – as I'm there, you know, you dealt with Coach Moore leaving, which that was a very interesting situation because, no offense, Coach Moore – in a lot of ways, build a lot of what you see it out. A lot of the things, the coaches that you, I, I mean, you see out in the profession now, act the same way that Jerry Moore did. Uh, Scott Satterfield, who I work for, is literally he is, acts like Jerry Moore. It's Jerry Moore reincarnated. I've heard the same thing about Sean Clark and how he does things. Chad Lunsford at Georgia Southern does a lot of the same things that Coach Moore did. And it's just really interesting to see how that dynamic takes place and how you really grew there. I mean, I grew a lot there in those 10 years just because you've got that principal 
really instilled into you going from that point. And then obviously Coach Satterfield takes over, obviously his equipment manager, um, got the fun trip back to Michigan where everybody thought we were going to shock the world again. And it's like, <laughs> come on, guys. This happened once. They're not going to let it happen again. And I think they're still scoring on us because that was the long one of the longest days of my life was that trip. Um, you know, just going up there to the big house, which is an awesome experience. You know, you're at that time when you're FCS, you're dreaming of being in a in a group of, I mean, a Power Five stadium every day. I remember going to Georgia the first time uh, as me and Justin Smith, who's now the trainer at uh, NC State, were. Uh, walking onto the field, we both hit each other and said, what would we do to be able to walk into a stadium like this every weekend? I mean, Athens is unreal, Uh, which obviously now he's this trainer at NC State, and obviously I'm here at Louisville. It's like we're finally living that dream. And it was funny, you know, two years ago when we met up, we, you know, we're talking to each other before the game. And I said, hey, you remember that that conversation in Georgia? He goes, I remember it like yesterday. I said, that's all we've ever wore was just to be able to on a field like this. He says, yeah, but we weren't supposed to be on opposite sidelines. I said, well, <laughs> we are. <laughs> uh, but no, it's a fun experience. Uh, then all went on. And then obviously in coach sat second year, uh, we're in the third week of the season and uh, we got a bye week. I'm just at Lenore golf course. I have an 11 o'clock tea time and our DFO at the time calls me and says, Hey, Josh, I just want to let you know, I just turned in my resignation. Okay, Jay, what does that mean? Uh, I'm suggesting that they make you the DFO. I said, Jay, I've never traveled with the team before. As you know, Jay is equipment manager, and as any FCS and lower level knows, the equipment manager always drives the truck to the stadium. So I'd always done my own schedule, my own deal. He said, well, I'll be here with you to help you get ready this week, and then we'll go from there. (laughs) All right, let's go. So, Coach, you know, this happened on Friday. I've talked to people all weekend. Yeah, you're going to be named DFO. You're going to be named DFO. We're going to get this all worked out. Well, Coach Satterfield, in typical, you know, head coach deal, he's worried about the game. He ain't worried about his DFO or anything like that. I get a text from him at 12 o'clock on Monday. Hey, I need to talk to you. Are you in the, at the building? No, I'm at lunch. I'll come see you when I get back. So I walk in his office when I get back. Hey, I need you to be my DFO. I want you to run equipment. You're going to oversee equipment you're going to, and be my DFO. I said, all right, we'll, we'll have Will Thornburg, who's now the assistant at Purdue. He was my intern. I said, and, uh, and he said, we'll get Will to be the uh, equipment manager. Yeah, so Will, in a, t- a matter of two years, had gone from a student manager at Purdue to now running a group of five equipment room. And, you know, it was just a fast transition of learning everything. Uh, I'll never forget where it's, we went to that weekend. We went to Southern Miss. So my first two weeks were road games on the road with a flight to Hattiesburg, followed by a road trip to Georgia Southern. The team is at pregame meal, and I'm on the phone in the training room trying to teach Will how to hook up the headsets. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was one of these fun deals, you, you know, you get there, and then the next week you go to uh, Georgia Southern, which Coach and Jay, which we played that game on Thursday night, which, as we talked about earlier, why would App and Georgia Southern ever be played on a midweek night? And so we're staying at downtown Savannah. Well, Jay booked a hotel that we lost all of our rooms at 12 noon. So all we had until we went to the stadium at 530 
or five o'clock was we had our meeting spaces and the hotel lobby. We had players walking all over, up and down the river, everywhere. I'm like, this is great prep for a game. Yes. So we leave. It's typical Georgia Southern fashion. The the uh, the there's not much of a police escort into the stadium. We stopped at every red light, and to the point that me and the strength coach got out and stopped traffic and led our team into the stadium. And we showed up 90 minutes prior to kickoff. We walked in, and our, Mike, our strength coach, went specialist. Three minutes to stretch. I mean, we just literally walked in and went straight. I mean, that's literally what it was. And, and obviously, we didn't play well. I mean, it is what it is. Because when you get there, and you know these guys are such so big on uh, repetition routine. and how routine that you know we get beat. And it ain't a fun day. And then we get on the bus, and I leaned over because I mean. Now as you're the DFO, you sit first seat on the first bus right behind the bus driver. And I just leaned over to the head coach, apologized, and said, I guess I got a lot to learn in this job. <laughs> and we just went from there. <laughs> wow. That's insane. <laughs> you know, I think a lot about Saturdays and what can go wrong. And I think most equipment managers will, will echo that and, you, uh, we've all had the dream, oh, I forgot the game balls or whatever it is. Um, but I don't think anything could be so bad that I could do something that would have guys walking up and down River Street in Savannah. And yeah. you've never been to Savannah. River Street is um, not where you want your players on a game day. No. Uh, but I think I think what you're you're telling me is that the playbook for Georgia Southern is to to create as many barriers between Savannah and Statesboro for for visiting teams, and maybe that'll that'll uh, be something they institute now. That's the reason. Uh, I, after that trip, we stayed in North Augusta every trip at the Marriott in North Augusta, and came in that way. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of hotels in Statesboro, Georgia, that that uh, can accommodate no. space. No. So, but no, it was fun. I mean, you learn every day. I mean. You get to have fun. I mean, and that's the thing about it is, is, you know, this whole thing, you know, college athletics is about relationship. And, you know, we all got those athletes you love to be around, the player, the coaches you like to be around. It's just the fun of it all. I mean, heck, that was the fun part of the even back when the Sun Belt and then even in the SOCON days with my equipment managers each other is just, you know, staying in touch with each other. I mean, you look at both of those leagues nowadays and they're not, I mean, hardly anybody's in the same spot that they were before. I mean, you got Kevin Yeager who came back to the Citadel, but you know, and but there's not a lot of the same ones still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it doesn't even look like the same conference in general. I mean, it's uh, the the equipment staff turnover has been crazy at that level, and even just the teams, like you said. I mean, App and App and Georgia Southern leaving, going to the going to the Sun Belt, really, I think, changed the landscape of that conference altogether. So, it. Uh, I mean, Georgia Southern's had what three or four different head managers since since josh was there and and uh, yeah that's Stu, and and then adam came in and they had another guy for one year and now they're on yeah number four since stewart or three since stewart left i guess yeah, yeah i mean it's just yeah. crazy and i mean app like obviously josh and then will and i think it's just been one person since will left it's shane now yeah shane's there now but i mean it's just the whole landscape i mean for so long, I mean, you had these common figures that were always around. I mean, you had Stewart, you had Arnie, you know, Will Hoyt, you had, <laughs> you had Royster, you had all these names that were there forever. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it was just, uh, thinking back to when you first got when you first got to app, and you know, we got introduced to you and having to learn your way. I mean, I will say, obviously, like you said, we butted heads, and I was like, well, I I know how things are with the players here, and you're like, well, to be frank, Patrick, I I really don't care. This is they're gonna they'll understand why I do the th- things the way I do. I I'm coming in to try and help the situation, and. At first, I was like, who is this guy? Why is he coming in trying to change everything? But it ended up obviously being for the better. I learned a ton from you and ended up, you know, we're obviously still friends at this point. Yeah. You know, so. not, it's not a, you know, it wasn't a bad thing. It, it helped me, yeah. you know, prepare for my career. And then you even helped me get a job at, at Georgia Southern down the line. So, it, yeah. you know, obviously being able to keep friendships, keep those things going, it was just, it was, like you said, it was a pretty crazy, interesting situation and a fun situation because like we had the new indoor then you, we got the new uh facility built with you know a brand new equipment room because we went from essentially a closet to an, an actual equipment room at app i mean it was it was night and day different from from the time like when you got there and they got that new place built and just everything everything was changing at app and it was i think you know at the time it was a great it was a great moment for you to come in and you know really change a mentality there, which was which nah, was good. Which you really think, and I just thought started thinking about it now. You just think back to that year, that '09, the whole Armani deal. You know, it was oh crap, how are we going to do this? And you know, it was you know, we went to ECU and played a running back at quarterback. Yeah, guy ends up making it to the NFL and like <laughs> had a, had a pretty good career in the NFL. But yeah, we literally were like, oh, Armani just ran over his foot with a lawnmower. What are we going to do? And yeah, it was it was crazy. And then trying to figure out how to protect his foot after he's coming back because I think he only sat out that ECU game. He, and he only was, missed that game, yeah. Yeah, because it happened like two days before it. But yeah, that was my freshman year at Georgia Southern. So it would have been a few weeks later down the line that we came, and I still think you guys are scoring today. Where it was, yeah, we like, scored like sixty on you guys that day. Was that Jared McKinnon? He wasn't there yet. He came in the next year, so that would have been that would have been Hatcher's last year. Oh, that was Hatcher's. Oh, that was Hatcher's year. You remember Pat? And all of a sudden, it was like sunny, and then all of a sudden, like these clouds rolled in. I still remember that, and it was like turned dark and gray. All of a sudden, like it was nice and warm, and then boom! I remember that one. Yeah, it was perfect. It actually worked out for us. And I mean, just in general, I think the you know back to back years against like going down to Georgia Southern and then that last game at App, like my last game against Georgia Southern when we were at App, we we beat Southern and it was like Hatcher and they like touted this Hatch attack offense and like how great it was going to be and like and then we just went in there and you know absolutely. I mean, especially the last nine was was bad. Yeah, I think eight was kind of close. I think we won. At in Boone and seven, and I think eight was kind of close in Statesboro, and then yeah, like just quick caught one like you know a toe drag in the back of the end zone, and another one of our receivers caught like a, a crazy pass from from Armani. I think that was when Armani went airborne for like the one touchdown, and you guys tried to say it wasn't one, but yeah, I mean that was it, it's always been a great game. It's always been an awesome back and forth, and it's just it continues the rivalry. And then when I was at Southern and Josh, like you and um, you, I mean that was when Jay was still there. But you guys and like we were able to talk before the game. I mean, it's just moments like that, getting to talk to people that you know from you know years before or whatever it may be, guys you worked with, guys you worked for. It uh, I, I that's what I love the most about equipment. And even like you said, like being in being in an ops position now, you get to still talk to people like 
uh, Justin, and, and you know, you maintain those relationships, especially now because you guys are both working in the ACC. You get to see yeah. each other, you know, more often. Listen, I still talk to every equipment vendor there is out there. It's hilarious. I mean, I still talk to them, stay in touch with them. I talk to Matt Gage at CoachCom all the time. Anytime oh, why would you want to do that? Equipment. My God. Because <laughs> he wants my money because you know how they are. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> they got to come up with something new every so often to keep, you know, they, as soon as everybody gets it, they want to change it. But no, nah, so we t- I stay in touch with them all. I mean, th- I mean, deep down, I'll still admit it. I'm an equipment manager at heart. Uh, you, you never take, the equipment room never leaves you. And it was something, you know, it was crazy because, Pat, when you were there, Jake was only a year old. So, Jake, my son, well, so Jake spends his first nine years, of, I mean, I mean, well, he's always on the equipment room. Uh, he would help clean up after games and everything like that. And when I took over his DFO at App, he goes, what about going to the locker room after the game? How am I supposed to get to the equipment room? That's all he cared about. And I said, buddy, where's the stairs at? End of the hallway. Said, what's the code to get in? All right, go. Nothing's stopping you. I mean, and that's the fun of it all. It's, you know, it's that's even in all of college athletics is the family environment that you have. I mean, the relationship with the players, once again, I mean, his favorite player at the time was Jamal Jackson. Um, You know, and then you go through just all the different ups and downs of it all. I mean, you ride, you know, ride and die together. Yeah, man, I miss that place. We, I mean, you and I talked a bunch about, the different things and like when you were leaving and when Will was leaving about me maybe possibly coming back, but I don't think Melinda would have loved living in Boone. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't think that was an option at that point. But uh yeah, no, I mean it was it's crazy to see. I mean, I've seen, you know, pictures of, you know, you and your family. It's just it's amazing to see, like you said, I mean, he was literally a year old. I mean, he was essentially a, a, a baby at that point and seeing like almost essentially a grown man at this point. It, yeah. It so, makes me I makes mean, me feel old, so I'm sure it's great for you too. Um, oh yeah, there's more gray hair <laughs> showing up every day to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could that could just be the job change, but I would say uh, possibly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's been What's been some of the biggest differences? Maybe something you didn't see coming in moving from equipment to ops, but also what's kind of been nice that you built those skills as an equipment manager and they've transferred over. Well, I mean, truthfully, I mean, with ops. No offense, you're the stop for everything. Everybody used to always say, you know, everything goes downhill and it stops in the equipment room. That's why my joke was always, hey, the equipment room at app is on the bottom floor and on the end. So you, all you can do is just open the door and let it roll out. Um, but, <laughs> you know, now as the ops guy, truthfully, they all still come to you. Now you got the video guy that comes to you. You got the athletic trainer, the strength coach, the equipment guy. And now you're trying to, and the head coach and the secretary and everybody else who's coming to you. And now you're just trying to, work to make sure everybody's represented now the thing is is what i try to do is i still try to remember quote unquote where i came from so i remember back to my days as a student manager you know i want to make sure i take care of students here just like you know how, how i was taking care of, or even better mm-hmm. uh you know you want to you know make sure everybody's taking care of, make sure everybody's represented so but it gives you also a perspective so now when ed and chuck come to me and talk to me about Hey, we got to figure out this headset deal for next year because um, we're going to need, you know, get a new system because y'all talk, y'all have way too many talk channels because uh, ours only has four. When I go call the deputy AD, or actually when I walk by the uh, deputy AD in a scrimmage and say he better get ready to open his checkbook because we're going to buy a new headset system, I got reason why, 
and I can tell him right then on the spot without having to bring someone else in. So, you know, it's more experience that you know in other areas. I mean, listen, we all know if you want to know what's truly going on in athletics, in any sport, you talk to the equipment manager. The equipment manager is going to know what's going on at women's basketball, men's tennis, softball, baseball. He's going to know it all because he's dealing with it. And, you know, I just try to remember that and how the relationship building goes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you kind of hit the nail on the head. And it's um, it's nice that you have that experience. I know there are at, at some schools, the DFO, because some coaches like to be hands on in terms of apparel. Some coaches used to kind of push that off. When I was at Richmond, Coach Rocco didn't care at all. He had basically was just like, I want crew neck sweatshirts and figure everything else out. You can talk to Carl, who was our DFO. He's up at Delaware now. With He went with, with, with DR up there. But, I mean, do you have, like, is that something that sat, kind of sets you on, like, hey, is there a certain look you guys are going for? Or does Adidas kind of come in and say, here's kind of the look you guys, here are your options? And like, uh, well, Adidas options. tries to put their say into everything. Uh, but as we all say, once you're an equipment manager, it never leaves you. I still want to try to have some input into what the uniforms are, you know, what's our combination we're going with, what the helmet deal is here and there. So I'll go down to the equipment room. I'll go hang out and talk to those guys, and, you know, we'll come up with new concepts and stuff like that. Just, one, because I, I enjoy that. You know, it's fun coming up with the different setups for the different weeks and stuff like that. Um, but also, no offense, I'm a control freak. I'll admit it. Uh, and I like knowing what's going on. Um and then, you know, from that standpoint, now coach will come tell me, you know, hey, I, hey, let's do this. Let's do that. Um, it's pretty simple with him. He doesn't care. He just wants to wear all black on game day. I said, hey, that's good. We can let everybody else keep going back and forth. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's really good. So, I mean, it's all, you know how it is. I mean, it's y'all dealt with it. I mean, you got different coaches, different people every day who want different things added. So, it's whatever you can make it work. Yeah. Yeah, I think it definitely helps. Like you said, you've you've had the experience being a student manager, kind of the bottom. That's the bottom of the totem pole in athletics. So you you understand what it's like at the bottom. So when you're making decisions, if you're a DFO or or you know even a, all the way up to an AD, but you've never worked at the bottom of the athletics, you don't know how those big decisions can affect all the way down. So it's nice having someone, especially someone in the in the seat of the scheduler who's making uh, all the travel arrangements and everything else to, to make sure you're taking care of the student managers and, and the student video and trainers and everybody else it goes a long way for your students. And it'll, it'll end up breeding more people in the field because, Hey, this job doesn't suck that much where there's a lot of times that I sit back and think about some of the stuff we had to do at Georgia Southern where we were doing things the right way, but it was just, you, you make it work with the budget you have. And it's like, how did I decide that I wanted to do this? Well, I think it's everybody tries to find their niche to be involved and what can they do to be involved. And sometimes, you know what, it's being that equipment manager. I mean, there's people who just want, you know, to be around and, you know, they don't realize that you can actually make a career out of it. I mean, you know, luckily for here, we got student managers that are on scholarship, you know, and, you know, they get their school paid for. I mean, my senior year at App, I got $2,000 is all I got for the entire year. And I thought I was rich. Hey man, you got more than I did. So <laughs> he earned it. And, uh, <laughs> he probably did earn it more than I did, guarantee. <laughs> and I mean, but you know, you made it work. I mean, they forget. I mean, you forget student managers are paying for their way, and that's what you know. I try to remind people a lot of times, even the athletes. Hey, 
take care of them. You know, you see them out, take care of them. Make, you know, say hello. Make sure you make them feel wanted because they're just as important as the athlete is. And, you know, but include them because they're paying for, they're paying to be in yeah. a lot of cases. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's a lot nicer for you. I mean, I know app had probably at the time a, a much bigger budget than a normal FCS or even, you know, group of five school at that point in time. I mean, that was when, uh, kind of when you came in, app was really investing in their athletics and, and we had, uh, an awesome president and an awesome AD that really wanted to, to push for our athletic programs to succeed. So it, it helped a lot, but I'm sure it's, it's probably very nice for you now having a little bit of a, of a bigger budget to help you guys do some things around there. And I'm sure your travel budget's nicer. So you're not having to bus people to, to Louisiana. Oh, uh, we still, we still have a bus that goes The student, you know, the student, there's still the, the good old FB, uh, support bus that goes out on the road a lot of times now we were originally going away from it this past year because no kid wants to ride 12 hours on a bus and then COVID hit obviously then and that changes all your travel tricks i'd already gotten i'd gotten approved by that administration to go get a bigger plane and all this so i'm gonna travel everybody everybody equipment everybody was gonna fly and then COVID hits and so then it's like well guys sorry y'all are still aren't gonna get we got a bigger plane we got more seats but now we got to sit every other seat. So sorry, y'all are on a bus. Uh, and then, by the way, make sure you wear your mask the entire time you're on the bus. You know, it's just all the constant things that come with it. I mean, but, you know, you still make sure you take care of them. You know, I mean, have a food for them when they leave. You know, it, it sounds simple. It's a small thing, but it's just something to make them feel appreciated. I mean, I have my, uh, my admin, admin staff. They put together goodie bags for them. I mean, I wish somebody would have packed, packed me a goodie bag when I was going on the road. I mean, darn right. All I got handed was twenty one dollars for the week. I said, "Hey, here's your meal money and go." So <laughs> here's your per diem. Let's throw yeah. three people in the truck because it's a bench seat, and let's go, baby. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's that's what we did. I mean, it would it was me, Andrew, and 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 Josh usually in the truck, and like we were we were going and setting up our setting up our locker rooms and getting everything unpacked, you know, unloading a truck. And now it's obviously, it's a little bit nicer now, but like you said, COVID really, really changed a lot of things. And I think that's something that's going to carry over even after we get past all of this. And, uh, you know, some, some standards and protocols are, are definitely going to be different um, moving forward. I think across the board for everybody. Oh, most definitely. So hopefully not too many budgetary issues continue very long into the future but we've all felt that as well i think so it's it's been a it's been an interesting year now i guess we're going probably right in on that year mark where where athletics got halted last spring so wow what a what a crazy year and we started this yeah i mean it's where this will be this will be our 50th 50th episode i think there was one or two weeks overall where we didn't have an episode but um yeah the 50th that we'll have put out and it's crazy to think that when we started this, it was essentially for, you know, a way to, to you know, kind of deal with COVID and still be around the business, right? And, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy, but. No, so listen, you bring up, no, go you ahead. bring up COVID, you know, a year ago yesterday was our last spring practice. We had, we started spring practice and our kids went on spring break. And on that Friday, Pride just sat says, hey, I heard there's some virus out there. Y'all be real careful. Make sure you wash your hands. Then we, Hey, the next week, we're deciding, hey, you're not even coming back to campus. Hey, 
don't come to campus. And I sent out a message, hey, guys, go home and stay home. Don't worry about coming back to campus. The number of texts, hey, what's going on? Why is that? Blah, blah. And the, just the way the COVID deal, I mean, it's just so crazy how fast it went, how, you know, from a, we went to a uh, almost a complete stop. Uh, yeah. To Hey, nobody coming to work and just work from home and, you know, the whole digital piece of how everything changed over that time. I mean, it was catastrophic just to think that was literally a year ago. Now we had uh, we played Harvard in our last baseball game. This was the last baseball season on a Sunday. And then I think we were supposed to play them again on, say, Wednesday in a midweek. And then they were going to go back up north and Ivy League pulled out on. I guess it would have been the Tuesday. And we were supposed to play Yale over the weekend, I think, if I remember. Anyway, we they canceled. So we're like, okay, well. Ivy League's pulled out. We're not going to have a team this weekend. So we were still trying to figure out who we are going to play in baseball that weekend, trying to pick up UCF or somebody close. And then the NBA canceled. We said, oh. And football said, well, we're starting spring practice on Saturday. So we get all the helmets out, get everything ready to go Friday afternoon to get the call. And, and it was like within three days, everything halted from, from nothing to, to dead. So, yeah, everyone reacted quickly. And it's certainly taken a long time to get back and going. But – we talked about it ad nauseum now at this point, but we did get to have a football season, and thank God for that. And now we're playing spring football, and that's great. And we're Scott's doing, got a game next week. It's awesome. I got a game on Saturday, so that's that's awesome. And we got uh, baseball seasons going again, so it's it's kind of like, well, this is still weird, but at least it's more normal than sitting at home and, and having Zoom meetings nonstop. Mm-hmm. For three months. No doubt. We all want to work. We all want to be involved in something. But, you know, I am thankful that, thank goodness, ACC played in the uh, fall and got our season in because yep. if I was having to pick between playing golf right now and football, it'd be a really tough sell this time of yeah. year. You know, everything's tough getting one. warm and I'm ready to go. So. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a, that'd be a tough one, especially too. I mean, how hard would it be to try and have a football season, especially at the FCS, FBS level? One double A. It's one double A and FBS. Come on. Um, but either way, how hard would it be to have that a, a season? You know, I'm, I'm going to put air quotes on that. But and then you know, lead into a draft. I mean, I know they've they're not doing a combine, so it's just kind of down to pro days. I mean, I'm you guys are starting spring practice. I'm sure you've got a pro day scheduled. I know that's that's part of some of the stuff that you have to to kind of get ready for. But I, I just can't wrap my mind around trying to have a spring season for all of college football. That's just insanity. It would be crazy. But, I mean, I'd have been saying, where's the welfare of the athlete at? Because, yeah, exactly. So, but thank goodness we don't. Thank goodness we just got 15 spring practices we have to worry about, uh, which, by the way, we got our 11th one in today, which is awesome. You know, wow. four more and we're, uh, yeah, four more and we're done for the spring. Uh, then bring all the PLPs and all that. But no, nah, it's fun. I mean, it makes it challenging. I mean, now it's also different because you're having spring practice. Well, you're not letting parents come to anything. You're all, I mean, we're literally still acting like we're in a bubble. Uh, so no spring game either. No spring game, which that's, that's the best thing ever. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. well, I have a spring game for, you know, the 3000 people are going to show up and granted, I know the fans are crazy and they want to see their team and sports writers want something to talk about, but Deep down, let's just have a practice and get better. At the end of the day, if we can play better, get another practice and get better, y'all all be happy come to, uh, when the real season's going uh, on that side of things. Yeah, I mean, a, a spring game, you're really not – that's not a day where you're trying to get better. I mean, it, when, it, <laughs> when it really all comes down to it. It's a day to showcase your team to 
and uh, you know that was my favorite thing and i always used to 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 laugh about this at richmond when we would have a spring game there'd be like 34 people in attendance and it was like really showing off for you know the moms and dads that you know got to see little johnny get out there on the field today like glad we wore game uniforms yeah i mean i'm not and i like i hate to sound like such a cynic with it but it was like why do we even i mean let's use it as another day to practice and get better as opposed to coming out here and like these arbitrary rules on scoring because we, you know, had lost so many guys and we didn't have like many mid years and it was such a small roster anyway. It's not like you could do like a, you know, ones versus twos type thing. It was just, I don't know. It was weird. Uh, it's, it's always interesting. Every coach has their different philosophy, but it makes it, you know, it's fun to see what everybody thinks and how, oh, Hey, we're going to, you know, what we're going to try to get accomplished here. So luckily, you know, we were smart about it. I mean, in 11 practices, we've only been in full pads one day. Mm. Only tackled one day. Just obviously, it's all about rest and care of each other. Uh, yes, I live the dream. I that is, the, I would I say, mean, that I is for, literally the dream. That is amazing. I, mean, I work for an amazing guy. I mean, so you can't complain about that. So I mean, Scott's in full pads almost every day and is getting ready for for an actual season at this point. So it's a yeah. uh, it's a little different. But Scott, let's let's hop to a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we'll. Touch on some some ODA action and talk up app a little bit more since we spent all last week talking about Georgia Southern. So we'll be right back, guys. Welcome back. Uh, we're back with Josh Thompson here at Louisville, Director of Football Ops. Josh, you've probably had plenty to choose from between being an equipment manager to now transitioning into an ops role, but you had to pick one of your uh favorite other duties as assigned what would you what would you go with well now that we're fully in full covid mode mm-hmm. i get to be the one who di- gets to disinfect the meeting rooms when everybody goes to practice so the joke all season was is i needed i wanted a covid buster shirt you know like ghost bus because you got to throw on this backpack uh-huh. and you walk around with it. And i said that's all i need i just need a covid buster i mean it, so literally i guess that's Something recently now that you you just do whatever you know anybody will do it because you just got to get it done. So, yeah, that's been what a lot of our coaching staff here has had to do, and the the Ghostbusters always the joke. But I, I feel like you can you can spray that stuff a thousand times a day, and you always sit there wondering is this is this working or not? Or you know, we made the joke off air. I think is the N95 is saving the world, but it's um you you always wonder is all of this necessary but then i'm i'm like you where i've been lucky i haven't gotten it yet so i guess whatever it is i'm doing all this extra stuff that i've got to be a part of the sanitation as well so all this extra stuff we're doing to sanitize it must be doing something i guess i mean there's been plenty of things i remember i think we were playing georgia southern one time at app on a thursday and it might have been ridiculous post game meal is late we are taking the post-game meal down through the stadium. I'm carrying a pizza boxes through the stadium to get it to the locker room for post-game. I mean, we all know the great setup at Kid Brewer Stadium is so you know it's so easy to get to the home team locker room. And, yeah. And they, so. Yeah, I know. I know uh, that setup too well. We had this was back before we wised up and put a student in the press box at all times for coach comp stuff, but. We had – I was the coach comm guy, set up the downstairs, and then at some point in the middle of the game, something was going on. Probably coach turned his talk off upstairs. I don't remember what it was, but I had to run 
around past the visiting team locker room and up through that home concourse to get to the elevator up to the press box. Pat knows this too well, but I got punched <laughs> in the chest, stopped dead in my tracks running at full speed by some overall wearing flannel shirt, <laughs> bearded dude who was drunk. That does me. not represent the entire fan base for Appalachian State. I will say this. The one You're- cool thing, not to interrupt you, Scott, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but mm-hmm. the one thing I will say that I love about the rivalry between App and Georgia Southern is there is a ton of hatred and a lot of crap talk between the two, but there is a mutual respect where I like being yelled at by the fans. I like you know how there is just so much anticipation for the game. But I apologize on behalf, and I've already done it before. Well, actually, I don't think I've ever apologized. I probably said you deserved it, but <laughs> that's exactly I, what you usually I, say. I apologize on behalf of App Nation for well, this, this, some slappy uh, punching you in the chest. This cousin loving three tooth having dude punched me right in the chest and yelled "F Georgia Southern," and I think I just replied like "F you" or something, <laughs> and went up and, and fixed the uh, fixed the headsets, ran around him. But I got back down. And I'm telling everybody, man, this guy punched me in the chest, and everyone was like, "Why didn't you hit him back?" And I always said, like, he's surrounded by twenty thousand of his best friends. What did you expect me to do? <laughs> it's that concourse to get up there. There's no you're going right through the concession stands. And well, y'all was, got lucky that you had like a concession stand and like to get up to the actual concourse. Whereas back in the day, you had to run up through this actual stands when it was when they were renovating that whole place, and they had legitimately like an actual um, like shipping container that they just cut holes out of for windows that they Western just like. <laughs> I mean, it was literally like Western for like a year for an entire season where they just planted these two shipping containers at the top of uh, the the stadium at the top of the stands. And you had to run up the front of the stands. And I remember, I mean, it was uh, Josh, this was before you got there, but my, my roommate at the time, uh, Barry, the coaches were getting cold. I mean, uh, in Boone, it obviously it it gets pretty cold up there uh, later in the season. He had plugged in a space heater and blown the circuit. Like, there was just so many different things plugged in, like the headsets and all of this stuff plugged in that just a simple space heater plugging it in and turning it on just blew the breaker. And like there, nobody can communicate. So I'm running up the front of this, st- like literally these stands. I mean, you know what our home stands are like. It's a, that's a ways up. I'm like halfway up trying to go in like a full sprint and I'm just absolutely, my lungs are burning, my throat hurts. I'm just like, I, I, what decision am I making with my life right now? And why am I doing this? But it, uh, you, you guys well, will say we're lucky, man. And now you're talking about app. Have any of y'all talked to anybody about going to app in the last two years of visiting team? Visiting teams in the last two years have had to check their locker room has been the Quinn Center. So you got, has it been the Quinn Center, which, uh, is up on the hill? You got to come down the 45 degree, yeah. uh, slope, then down the grass hill just to get to the field. Yeah, because they had uh, they tore down Owens, right? Yes, with Owens, yeah, with that going on. So that the last two years have been a lot of fun for visitors. So, is there a visiting team locker room in that new area there where no, Owens the, was? The, when we left, the word was was the visiting team is now going to dress in what was the old home locker room. I'm like, so you go go give them the best locker room in the country. That's, that's an nice amazing. That's a beautiful locker room. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, answer, it's like think, where they came down, like where App came down, like walking out of, like coming down that hallway, like past the equipment room, down that little hill. That was a cool entrance. I liked that entrance. 
Yeah, we we did. That was that was cool. We we did tour all that one year when we went up there to see y'all. I think it was we had to. It was with Munkin because we did a walkthrough in your indoor because we always did a yeah. walk. But I think it was snowing that day, and I, I remember our players looking around saying like, well, "Why don't we have anything like this?" But everyone looked like it doesn't get cold. They <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so didn't see the need for it. Now it's they're probably working on it. You got to at some point keep it up with the Joneses and. You can't practice in August anytime between 12 and 5 p.m. in Statesboro, Georgia. So if you want to get any practices in in the afternoon and, and avoid thunderstorms, you have to. But um, it's a neat little setup there. I've always told Pat there's there's the hatred there for sure growing up. I, I was born and raised in Statesboro. But growing up, there was the hatred there. But it was for me, it was always more with Furman, just being young. And then App State was whatever. So when you get to college, the first thing I saw was – a lot of similarities in the two programs, but also, I mean, I'm a mountain kid. I like the mountains. Bozeman was, was awesome. JMU was great with Harrisonburg being up in the hills. So I never minded going to Boone cause it was cold. You knew you're probably going to get snow if you went in October or November, but it was always a pretty, pretty neat atmosphere and seeing them make more renovations. Me and Pat have talked about it a little bit. It's, it's been pretty cool to watch from my freshman year, 2009 at Georgia Southern to watch both of those places, grow up into to what they are now they look a lot different than you know kids sliding down on the hills having that old small little video board at georgia southern and now having a big operations center and and um you know probably an indoor coming and and everything else it's it's a lot different oh it is that yeah i mean uh, josh when you got there i mean that was kind of when they were finishing that you know the new complex the essentially where you know, athletics was housed in general, uh, oh, yeah. going, going from Owens field house to, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you that what's the name of that building, the new like press box area and all of that, or I say the new, but what was new when you got there? That was the Mark Riggs facility. That's right. And yeah. You, so yeah, the, the, I mean, going into that and uh, like I said, we went from what I say was a closet in Josh, Josh can attest to this because he, he worked there as a student. It was like an old training room that they essentially put like an equipment room door on where it was just like a double door where like the top, <laughs> the top would open and there was like an issue window. And that was how they knew we were there. But it, I mean, it was tiny and there was one desk in there. There was, Oh, I think there were two desks in there uh, and like a small little storage space in the back. But I mean, it was, it was nothing to when we opened this new space, we had like space savers. We had laundry, like an actual laundry room, as opposed to taking our stuff down to um, varsity the, gym. Varsity gym. Yeah, we had to literally like load our laundry up into a van and drive it a quarter of a mile away to a different place to do our laundry. And it was just, it was a disaster, especially like during two, two days and stuff, trying to get laundry flipped and turned around was just. Uh, uh, an absolute nightmare so having that like the uh, more washers more dryers just a uh, exponentially better setup we had a room like a freaking shoe room we legitimately had a shoe room at that point and i don't know i mean josh uh, again you can attest to this having having a, a bathroom in our equipment room like the small little changes that we made <laughs> was, were, was amazing as opposed to having to walk through the entire locker room around a bunch of guys like i mean a bunch of kids i mean we were all kids especially when i was there but not having to 
to leave the equipment room for literally anything. Like we could get all of our work done in one space. It, it really no, it changed was, how we did things. You felt like you arrived. No offense to me. I remember it was the all, all, all the excitement. Remember, I don't remember if you remember Pat, but we played McNeese that week. That was the and all, we got we got access to the building on that Wednesday. And you remember the players were just packed, literally packed their bags for what they needed for the game and moved it up. Well, then the next thing you know, on Friday, every coach is trying to move into their office and everything else like that. Yep. And, and on game day, the officials want to talk to Coach Moore. Nobody knew where Coach Moore was. We tore the building apart trying to find Coach Moore. He was in his old office at Owens Fieldhouse watching film. Yep. <laughs> Jay called me in a panic because we didn't know where Coach Moore was. And I said, I got one idea, and I bet you I know where he is. And I went to his office and said, Coach, hey, the officials are in your uh, your new office looking for you. He didn't, yeah. Like, I mean, and you think about it too, just the difference in the coach's locker room from Owens to the new building too. Like, just such a such a difference in how how much better it was, and I remember having to you know be there to help pack up coaches off or the the coaches lockers and move all that stuff up, and like Coach Moore going through some of his old stuff and just being like, I, I mean, anybody who's ever met Coach Moore can can attest to this. He is genuinely one of the nicest human beings on the planet. And he he wants nothing but for everybody around him to succeed. S- Scott has has a cool story from when he and I went and talked to Coach Moore. When so in in 2012, when App came to uh, Georgia Southern, uh, Scott and I went to you know clean up that locker room after you guys just to kind of like pick up the towels. I mean, in general, you guys cheated for another win. Well, yeah, I mean the the receiver did step out of bounds, but a win's a win. So uh, you know, go apps. But either way. Uh, we went in there and, you know, coach Moore is, was always essentially the last guy out of the locker room, right? Josh and Josh knows that, but he, you know, he took time out of his day to talk to, to me and Scott and was just like, I mean, I can't, I can't replicate his voice, but you know, I'll tell you what guys, you know, those suckers, they went out there and they played their butts off and what, what a great game. I love this rivalry and, you know, thank you for everything y'all do. And, uh, you know, just just keep going. Hope you guys have a good rest of your year. Have a good season type thing. And uh, uh, Scott, you, you might remember more of it, but I just, it was, I just, it was like that. It was, it was, you ever been to Boone? Oh man, it's awesome. When we play in Boone, it's awesome playing you guys every year. It was, just, he just couldn't get over the game. And I mean, it was a, it was a, I think it was like 31, 28. So it was a good one. It was a great so game. The emotions for him were <laughs> good there, but it was, it was, you could tell, man, the guy was all in. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I'll, I, I will, Never forget some of the stuff, you know, that the conversations, the different conversations I have with Coach Moore. And there weren't many just because I was a student manager. And, at, you know, when I first got there, I was scared to to talk to anybody because uh, I didn't, you know, know my place or whatever it was or whatever it may be. But just the, the handful of conversations I had, those will always stay with you. And whenever he brought the team up afterwards to talk to those guys was always interesting because – Yes, he wanted to win football games, but he wanted to make men, and he wanted these guys to succeed in life, and that's what you always see. And even just the conversations he would have with, like he had no, he didn't have to sit there and talk with us. He didn't have to sit and and talk with, you know, Georgia Southern employees at that point to to just say how great of a time he had here and how much he loves 
this rivalry, right? He didn't yeah. have to say that. So I just well, that's the that's the fun in college athletics, and I think that's something we all take it. We all play a part in it, and it doesn't matter who it is. You know, you each person plays a part, and you know, and Coach Moore instilled that in all of us that hey, you take care of everybody. You know, we're all in this together. I mean, I'll never forget when I was a student manager at App. This is no joke. Halftime of a football game. Our secretary at the time, Miss Sue, called to the equipment room and she wanted to let Coach Moore know that her grandson got out of the hospital. Wow. And, and, and you know, it's just, it, but that was just the all the, you know, the personal bill because everybody mattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, and I mean, even going back to, and I, I mean, we've talked about this a bunch, and this is something that has been talked about ad nauseum for a lot of you know college football fans. But when when App beat Michigan, it wasn't about Coach Moore beating Michigan. You know what I mean? He was like, "Yeah, I finally did it. I finally, you know, it was it was great for this team." But it was just, I'm I'm so happy for these guys, these young men, and you know, it, it's just a, a, a it's all about how much work these guys put in the off season. And I'm so proud of them and just happy to, to be a part of it. And you, I just, I loved that. I loved being around him and, and kind of learning from him. Cause you could, I mean, even as a student manager, we were taking things away from what he was telling his team and how he was trying to teach his team. And that's stuff that we attributed to, to our daily lives. So it was so well, much fun. Pat- and, we, and he he made everybody notice. I don't know if I ever told y'all, but there was one night, one time in his one Friday night in his pregame speech. Do you remember how Andy used to always sprint to go get the ball? I mean, it didn't. It could be fifty yards down the field, and it was a sprint, and it was all out all the time. He used Andy one time in his Friday night speech to the players about you know, hey, you matter. You know, everybody matters. Hey. Your actions, you don't think they matter. Look at this equipment manager. He's sprinting every play just to get the ball so you get what you're doing. So, you know, if we're all doing that going 100 miles an hour, how great can we be? Love it. He noticed everything, too. That was the cool thing about Coach Moore. He noticed every single thing that everybody did, and he wasn't he wasn't a guy to really get after. You know what I mean? Like, he, he would yell every now and then. But when Coach Moore yelled, people listen. That was the type of thing. Like it's because he didn't do it often that if he got mad, like everybody stopped and listened. Where you, I mean, this is nothing against Coach Elliott because I love Coach Elliott. But Coach Elliott would yell at people and like throw his hat and like he was theatrical as a coach. Where <laughs> I feel like Coach Moore was the opposite. Like he was reserved. He spoke with a soft voice, but that voice carried. You know what <laughs> I mean? I actually speak louder than words a lot of times. Yeah. Hey, the guy won a ton of games. I mean. He did. So he's, he's fun. That. And like you said, I mean, it's what's it like working with Sat now, though? Because you said he's kind of like uh, Jerry Moore 2.0. Uh, a lot of the mannerisms and how he handles things. Um, he doesn't cuss a lot. I mean, you can, he's like a coach. Or like you talked about Coach Moore cussing. I remember Coach Moore cussing one time ever and the whole time I've ever been around him. Coach Sats a lot of the same way, you know. It's it's very home. It's home. It's family. It's friends. It's taking care of each other. Uh, he he'll sit there, he'll look at you and go, "Hey, do we really got to cuss here?" You know, but you know, it's but it's always in fun and you know, in jest. Um, they handle things a lot of the same way. I mean, 
neither if you put them both in a room and you try to tell them that hey you you two act the same they both would deny it <laughs> but at, when you've worked for both of them you get you can sort of say hey i know more of what's going on and all right this is where this is coming from uh so it's really you know it's fun on that side of things um and it's funny you know even to i hear some things about lunchford at georgia southern and how he, he does it this way yep i know where that comes from because it's the same thing we're doing here or you know something the way they learned and stuff how they deal with things but it's also i mean coach moore and his biggest trait is he never gave up on a kid it doesn't matter if it takes you five years to be the star or four and a half years to be the starter, he's never going to give up on you. And coach Sats a lot, a lot of that in the same way. When we were at app, I mean, Chandler Greer was a player that it took, it wasn't until his red shirt senior year that he played. And then he became, he was a starting tackle. And that year was an all conference guy. But if you would have, if you would have talked about him the first three years, we never would have thought he was going to, you know, play. He'd, he might be a role player. He might do a little, uh, scout team and help us like that, but we, we always stick to the process. There's always a process to the, you know, method to the madness. And if you stick with them, work with them, they're going to surprise you in the end. And I think that's truthfully, that's what I look forward to most here at Louisville now. I mean, yeah, we're in year, we're going into year three where some of the kids that we sign now are really starting to step forward. And you're going to see that come out. I mean, when we got to Louisville and that we told the freshman class they're redshirting, our academic guy goes, y'all redshirt them? Yeah, they're going to be here for five years. We're not just playing. We're not going to play them just to fill spaces. We're going to play people that, you know, who need to play and get them better and grow them. And I think once we get to that process where they get to see that fourth and fifth year where they've grown, they develop, that's when the Scott, when things really will take off. It's, I mean, that was – and the one cool thing that I always loved about Coach Moore is he took – walk-ons seriously you know uh, kevin richardson probably one of the best running backs in the history of app state was a walk-on right and he played and he won what two national championships during that during that time he had graduated by the time that third one rolled around or I, he might have been there for the last one or no i think it was Devin who was our running back for the last one either way it doesn't matter but like kevin like i said one of the best running backs that app ever had was a walk-on kid and like he he had a tryout every year and it wasn't just, Hey, it's a tryout just because we want to do this and, you know, open this up for everybody to feel like they have an opportunity. It's because there are some guys out there that might not get looked at that end up being players. And Kevin worked his way up and, you know, I think he, he was another one of those guys where they redshirted him and worked his way onto the team and ended up being one heck of a football player. So, you know, there are countless other players where you could you know, point out that hey, they were a walk-on at app or whatever. But does does Sat have a similar thing where like you know you guys open things up for for walk-ons? Oh yeah, we've we've got walk-ons. I mean, we we take them on every year. I mean, there's chance you know there's there's a walk-on or two that gets put on scholarship every year. I mean, it, you know, but it's you know, and they deserve it. I mean, we got here and in the first three months, I mean, we went through spring ball and then we we put three kids on scholarship that were walk-ons right off the bat. Two of those guys are starters right now, and one of those walk-ons I think led is like led the ACC for touchdowns for tight ends in the last two years. Wow. I love it. I love it. I mean, like you said, that is just. I mean, that is Coach Moore. 
through and through, in my opinion. And I mean, I know there are other coaches that do this. I get it. But in terms of the people I've been around, that is that is something that Coach Moore prided himself on was was taking advantage of the the unseen guy, you know, the guy that maybe didn't get a, a ton of recruiting. Now, Louisville, it's it's a little bit better. You guys have um, more opportunity to recruit better players, right? I mean, you're you're going to have a chance to get other people in there, but working with somebody who isn't afraid to take a chance on a guy, and like you said, you're throwing three guys on scholarship that were walk-ons. That's that's a pretty big move in general. Yeah. So that's cool to see. I think it's cool too. You talked about that's what we love about college athletics, and it is different than the pros. And in a time where specifically basketballs had more one and dones and things like that, where it feels more like the pros. I think it's cool that your program is prioritizing redshirting these kids, developing them, and seeing what they can become. And and like you said, Coach Moore did build them into men. Um, that's that's cool. It's it's what we liked about college athletics when we all got into it. And and some places it's getting to be more like a like a franchise than a program but it's it's cool that uh there's still that out there and that you've still got you know the college atmosphere um within college athletics that's why app state's so great slash scott satterfield is a app state alum just throwing that out there scott who was a walk-on <laughs> walk-on starting quarterback what up how do you like I me now say, i could i could say some things but i won't <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, it's so much fun. I, I mean, Scott, you and I, obviously, we have some fun back and forth with it. But it's, you know, Josh, having guys like you who have, you know, you've you've been around, you know, you've been in the equipment world. You had been in the equipment world for a while and going and transitioning to something that is, you know, it's a different job, you know, getting back to kind of your DFO job now. Um it's a different job, but it's almost not. Like you said, there are a lot of different things that you're taking from what you learned as an equipment manager. It's just, it's awesome to see. I mean, it, in my opinion, to the equipment world, it's a loss to not have you there, but that you're able to take that, you know, what you learn, you know, a lot of your knowledge and the different things that you do and, and apply it to what you're doing now. I, I, I love to see that. Yeah. Well, and the biggest thing I try to personally do out of it is I try to make sure the athletic trainer's positions, the video position, the equipment manager, they're still represented and they're not forgotten. Uh, because, I mean, that's no offense. A lot of people will forget about those real quick in the whole process. But you know what? As we said, just like the walk-ons, you can't do it without them. So that's the one thing I've all I've tried to take out of this position is try to make sure we're reminding people that hey these people are still here. Was Stroot still there when y'all came to to Louisville, or had he already gone to Georgia? Uh, no, Stroot was there. He was there. Stroot actually, Stroot came to Louisville. He came to Louisville with went, y'all. No, okay. no, he went to, um in that second year he came to Louisville. Okay. And then after about three years, three or four years here, then he went to Georgia. He was so, I mean, obviously people don't know who that we're talking about. So he was the video guy at app. And in my opinion, he was one of the best video guys in the country. And he had, I mean, he had TA with him too. And TA was awesome. And like TA started his own company, um, you know, TA is films. This the, is this the video guy from the highlight for the Georgia Southern game? The, we don't, the rap song, the one we always talked about. It's like the best video highlight, pump up highlight. The someone tell them that we don't like. I can't say the words on here. You showed it to me. 
Probably. I mean, like Stroot and, and TA working together, that was an awesome combination. And then he comes to Louisville and, you know, betters his life and then continues it by taking on um, the coordinator job at at, uh, at Georgia. So, uh, you know, he he's one of the better guys out there and just, uh, you know, an awesome human being in general. I mean, no. Josh, Josh, you know, Jake really well, too. So, um, oh, I remember Jake from when he showed up as he he actually started out as an equipment manager, student equipment manager. And after about a week, he uh, he moved on. He decided he wanted to go into video. So, Pat, I don't know if Coach Moore was still doing this when you got here, when we got the app. Used to, we had the conditioning test on the first day, and you had to run two 300-yard shuttles, and if you didn't make your time, you had to go run a half mile. You know, you yep. had to go run a, mi- a, a mile. A mile run afterwards. Yeah, yeah a mile a run mile. So, Stroot is a freshman who just, is, he thinks he's on top of the world. And Daniel Jeremiah, who now works for the NFL Network, had just struggled on his two uh, 300-yard shuttles to make his time and is about to pass out in, in the, his locker. And he's out, he's telling all the players, oh, I can go do this with ease. So they put Jake Stroot on the line. Ooh. Jake Stroot went out there and ran it. We didn't see Jake Stroot rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, see, that that was not something um, that equipment service ever got involved in but i believe my first year they were still doing it if i remember correctly yeah. uh but he eventually he did eventually stop that but yeah, the conditioning the yep was that the conditioning <laughs> eventually went to fists as opposed to the the uh 300 yarders but uh yeah they um hey, i'm gonna say that was the one thing that that um coach moore and and Dillman kind of prided themselves on is that no matter what, if you know, if we're getting beat, no matter what it is, we're going to be the best conditioned team. We're not going to be tired by the fourth quarter, right? We're not going to be tired yeah. at the end of the game. So, well, I would say that team was always in tremendous condition. So that was that was something to that was interesting. And I mean, how crazy is it too that the amount of people that have come through App State, like I say, Dillman, like he ended up working at I think it was LSU. He was at South Carolina. And I think he's at IMG now. Um, he was at Florida. Florida, yeah. Alabama. I, mean, he, yeah. I think he has a national championship ring with at Alabama as an assistant. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, the, I mean, the guy's been everywhere. You have Justin who goes to to uh, NC State. Obviously, you guys are over there at Louisville, and a lot of good coaches have have come through App too, and have kind of bounced around in places. And I think um, Lance Carter, um, he was a uh, He's been everywhere. Yeah, I think he's with the Panthers now, if I remember. No, he's the running back coach and run game coordinator at Notre Dame. Like I said, so he he had been with the Panthers. He's at Notre yeah. Dame now. But like, yeah, yeah I mean, the, it's just it's crazy to 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 be part of that to say that I was part of that program at one point. Oh yeah, and I think that's the fun part of athletics is all who you meet and see where people go and what they do. Um, and I, you know, and I tell people this, and, and it's a fun fact. You know, obviously, I've been in athletics now, geez, for almost twenty years. You know, out post graduation, you know, and a role of leadership and stuff like that, and leading people. And I think that's where it's fun. It's seeing where people are now. It's Pat. It's you. You know, you're doing this. You know, working this. What you're doing now, the podcast. It's seeing Andrew. You know, who's gotten married. It's. You know, all the different people along the way. I mean, 
even go back to the girls I coached in middle school and in ninth and tenth grade basketball who are now moms and dads. I mean, that's the fun part of seeing it. Seeing it all grow up, it's fun seeing those four to five those four to five years you spend with them in the building, quote unquote, in the trenches. But then it's that that post that like seeing them with their kids. I mean, hey, BG's got two kids now. You know, Kimbrough's working in NASCAR. Uh, Jock Roman's got two kids and selling field turf and, you know, just killing it. Uh, Cedric Baker Booney is doing a fitness group in Wilmington. It's, it, that's just where, that's where the athletics gets fun is where you see where everybody goes. You know, it's fun to be in the journey with them, but then where they go from there. Yeah. And, 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 you know, seeing post football, because I mean, especially in a school like app, you're not getting a lot of guys that are making it to the league and the the handful that do, you know, we're so proud of them, but everybody else, I mean, there are so many student athletes, whether it be football or any other sport, you know, them going on and being successful in life. It's just, it's a lot of fun to see. And, you know, you, you just want nothing but the best for these guys and being able to keep up with them and, and talk to them or just, see even like in a facebook post like hey you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having a kid or this is my new job it's just so mm-hmm. cool man it's so yeah. cool i mean you keep those relationships i mean the you know you go back i know you made the comment the other day about daniel kilgore you know what about that deal you know he's in the barber chair when the guy tests positive for uh covid and you know i text him and like dude praying for you hope that hopefully this everything goes all right and you're good to go you know, we still we text back and forth and we talk to each other. But, you know, that's what it's all about. It's all about relationships at the end of the day and, mm-hmm. you know, building them along, the, you know, as you go. Yeah, there's only there's only one relationship I'm disappointed about is um, Mario Acatelli. He's a he's a football coach now. Uh, I can't remember exactly what school he was. He Elon. is. He's at Elon now, but he was at um, William Chapel and Mary. Hill. Yeah, oh, he was and Chapel Hill. Yeah, he was at Chapel Hill, but when he when he was at William and Mary, uh, they came to play Richmond, and I went over to talk to him. And that's you know, uh, offensive line when he was at App State, and he was the same age as me. And I mean, he and I had classes together and everything. And I went over and I was just like, "Hey, man, what's up? What's up, Mario? How's it going?" And I was like, "I don't know if you remember me. I'm you know Pat Screen. I you know was at App State with you." And he legitimately said he didn't remember me, and so I was a little bit brokenhearted. <laughs> Uh, I was just like, really? Because you tried to get me to take a test for you at one point. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's Typical that's cool. Mistake. Like, if you don't remember me, like, I'm not, uh, it's cool. But you know, my my, my heart oh, my heart's breaking funny. a little bit. But no, that, that it was, is uh, funny, Pat. Otherwise, like you know, anybody that I've seen and talked to, like a lot of the guys and in, in just in general, like any school I've worked, just keeping up with some of those guys and seeing their careers flourish, it's it's so much fun. There's a lot of fun of athletics. Yeah. Yeah. And the camaraderie that that comes from being all bought into something that's bigger than yourself and, and quote stick here, you know, nobody's bigger than the program. And that's, there's a lot that gets brought into that. You know, we're all moving in the same direction. Like you said, with, with coach Moore and his pregame talk and, it it it's easy to to build those hard and fast relationships that Pat and I worked together for a year and and here we are I can't get rid of them so it's it's you kinda, love it don't act like you don't love it yeah I mean that's how it happens and I still keep in touch with people who who I worked with I was actually talking to the guy who came in I guess I think he was after Pat or maybe he was the year before you Peter texted said hey he was before me yeah, he was before yep me. said hey so I worked with him 2011 hey he's a Navy now. 
discovered the podcast, you know, enjoyed it, laughed at the old Hanner stories from last week with Dale. Like, so those, those relationships are hard and fast. So whether you don't see anybody, I mean, you know, this Josh from, from convention, you don't see anybody for several years and then you bump into them at convention and it's, it's like it was yesterday. Oh yeah. You know, and that's the fun of it all. I mean, and that's the way athletics is. I mean, I, you know, my Lindsay jokes with me about it. You know, she went to Georgia and she was a part of a sorority. She goes, I can't ever believe you were not part of a fraternity or anything at AF. I said, I was. It's called football. You know, yeah. everybody's together. Everybody did their own deal together. You know, we were always together. I mean, that's just how it goes. I mean, that that kind of puts in, puts the nail on the head right there. I mean, uh, it's it. You're not gonna find a tighter group of people that. Other than, you know, somebody who was, you know, like you, you said it earlier, you're in the trenches every single day, you know, through camp. I mean, camp is such an absolute grind. And even in Boone, North Carolina, like it gets hot up there and you're sweating through two a days and hating life. And then you're down in Georgia where there's just a stupid amount of gnats trying to fly into your eyes, your nose, your mouth, because you're next to a drainage ditch for practice like you're around these people every single day for 12 to 14 hours a day it, it like you build a bond with the student athlete with the equipment managers with the training staff video guys all of the people the dfos sorry josh but you know with all of these people that you're around every single day all day and it's you know nine months out of the year that you're kind of you know really in season it seems like in the off season is really not really an off season because guys are still around lifting and doing stuff anyway recruiting yeah i mean you're still around like your coaching staff and and all your support staff still trying to get everything ready for the next season anyway and you know a lot of the student athletes are around and then you know you have your spring ball and all of this other stuff where it i mean it's a year around year round sport and uh it's just it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I I miss it every single day. So, yeah, it's fun. Well, I asked myself the other day, what would I do if I didn't do this? And I'd I play, really, I don't have an answer. You'd play a lot of golf. I would play a lot of golf, but it would it still wouldn't fill that void. No, there's not something even close. about Saturdays. Yeah, hundred percent. So much fun. So much fun. But Josh, I don't want to keep you much longer, man. I know we've. Uh, I mean, no we've problem. been. We've been on here for probably two hours. I mean, there's probably a, a, an hour and 15, 20 minutes of actual recording. But, uh, you know, we want to thank you for joining us. It's it's a lot of fun for me having somebody, you know, a former boss of mine on here, somebody that um, I can talk to. Scott might not so much enjoy it because it's another App State guy. But you I know. think we've reached our Mountaineer quota at this point for, for, the, for the day. <laughs> But no, I mean, it was an absolute pleasure talking with you. And, you know, you've been there since, um, you know, since essentially day one, you know, since when when you got back to app and, um, you know, became my boss, you know, to to say it in the very least, but essentially a mentor for me and kind of showed me a different way of doing things and really opened my eyes to the equipment world because I enjoyed it, but it really changed whenever you came around. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've you've helped me a lot through my career and, you know, been very appreciative of everything. And it's been uh, a lot of fun here talking with you today. Uh, no, it's been great. I've enjoyed it, Pat. And as, once again, like I said earlier, you know, that's the fun of this profession is seeing people grow up. I mean, obviously, 
seeing you go off in this and Scott, I mean, obviously I think I remember meeting you, you know, just, but seeing people grow and, and taking where they go in it. I mean, that's what makes this so much fun, but no, nah, it was awesome talking to y'all. Remember some of the good old days, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta relive the past so you can enjoy the future. So, absolutely. Uh, but no, nah, I appreciate it. It's awesome. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of fun sharing the, uh, not so safe for work, uh, conversations we had about whenever Patrick was a, a student manager and and doing the different things that I did with um you know maybe sideline stuff and some of the other managers who we can't really consider managers because they were lazy and didn't do their job yeah. like we had told them to do but either I just way I can't believe you passed the background check at Richmond that still <laughs> blows my mind to this day I can't hey. believe you passed the driving test much less a background <laughs> check but hey hey what they don't know won't hurt them it's okay there you go uh, but let's gonna well, that's gonna less miles off that too, right? Yeah, yeah, right up until he got caught and now he's suspended <laughs> again. Um, yeah. poor guy, not really, but he brought it on himself doing stupid yeah. things. Um, no doubt. But, but no, I enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, man, thanks, Appreciate thanks, it. thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll be back next week with another another fun episode. Hopefully, we'll have another interesting guest for you guys. I know this is a little different from, you know, our normal equipment manager interviews, but you know, this is a definite insight into what you can do uh, from an equipment manager role and to, to better your career. So take notes on this one guys, and uh, we'll be back next week. See ya. See ya. And one last thing I want to add is there is, um, there's a rumor going around, and from from That's sources, yeah, from sources that I cannot name. We don't that, know. <laughs> That's the yeah, other thing. We don't I, know. We, I, we, I literally can't name them because I, I I don't have the name of the source. Uh, I, it's you know, we heard it through other people, but it is a verified fact that AEMA is working on a virtual convention.